Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we ready? You're listening to Hollywood on Motorcycle Madhouse on iTunes and all major podcasting platforms. You're listening to only the best internet radio station in the world. No, the universe. And how you doing? Welcome to Motorcycle Madhouse Radio. Today we're going to have a barn burner, let me tell you. I'm going to be presenting both sides of the argument when it comes to motorcycle club colors being banned from bars. The one side I'm going to present is the argument from the motorcycle profiling project over, uh, let's see here, Double D does that one, and he has a really good article out uh, titled The Blueprint for... Fighting Motorcycle Club Prohibition Colors, anyway, in a bar. And then on the other hand, I have an article that explains the bar owner's side of the story and why some of them don't want to allow club colors into their bar. Now, when I owned a bar uh, years and years back, I didn't have that policy. I loved having motorcycle club members come in because, one, they drink more, and, two, I never had a problem with them. They were always, you know, cool. They were always respectful. Uh, the customers loved them. So that was my personal choice, but others have a choice to do what they want with their own business. Now, it might not be popular, but it is their right, just like it is the club's right to wear their patches where they want that's a constitutional right but also it's a you know a right uh you could say a constitutional right for the bar owners because the right to happiness i don't know what it would fall under but we're gonna prove you know Produce both sides of the story, if you will. You know, that's what we're not known for. And, of course, you know, some are not going to like how I present it. But, hey, I'm a shock guy anyway, man. That's what everybody says. So, let's get to the argument. We're going to start first with the Motorcycle Profiling Project with an article by Double D. Okay, MotorcycleProfilingProject.com. If you guys don't know yet, this is the go-to site for what's going on as far as motorcycle profiling. And in uh, Popeye and OG over at Texas Biker Radio, they talk about it all the time. 
They also have the 2020 National Survey, so if you feel like you've been profiled or stopped or messed with by Leo, you could fill that out. Also, don't forget if you are pulled over, make sure you get a video of it. That way people can get it out for you. Uh, but his article, uh, January 7th, 2020, and again, this is the first part of the argument when it comes to no motorcycle colors in bars or how police based Basically, this actually happened in Sturges, I believe, last year where the cops went around to all the casinos and said, if you let these people in, we're going to pull your liquor license, that kind of stuff. And it really does happen. I've seen it a million times in Chicago where it happened. Uh, but this has to deal with that aspect of it. But on the other one, we're going to be talking about it as a whole. A blueprint for successful protesting no motorcycle colors. A blueprint for successful protesting, quote, no motorcycle colors nationwide. The act of law enforcement coercing private establishments to prohibit motorcycle club related clothing and paraphernalia has grown to uh, epidemic levels. It has. The National Council of Clubs, if you don't know who that is, they work with the National Confederation of Clubs, if I'm not mistaken, giving a voice to motorcycle club rights. Representing motorcycle clubs and their members' legitimate uh, interest in all 50 states. Uh, I think they were uh, involved with Motorcycle Rights Foundation as well as... Uh, some other uh, rights organization in getting that resolution passed in the House and Senate. They also got some uh, bills passed at the state level prohibiting law enforcement uh, profiling and all that good stuff. Uh, they stand in opposition to law enforcement coercion and encourages motorcyclists to organize and fight back. Now, on the next uh, segment of the argument, I'm going to be using that right there, uh, encouraging motorcyclists to organize and fight back. That's going to be a topic of the next argument. A recent example in the state of Pennsylvania not only highlights the issue, but also provides a viable blueprint for successfully reversing law enforcement motivated discrimination in public accommodations. I guess uh, a police department out there attempted to coerce the local Elks Lodge. I'm a Moose member. You know, I was an Elks, but man, let me tell you. Ugh, boring. Into breaking a contract with the Lancaster County Motorcycle Club that planned on holding their annual Halloween party to benefit the Ronald McDonald House. Really, you guys were going to try to go after a club uh, holding a charity event for the Ronald McDonald House? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Fortunately, the LCMC, the NCOC, and Motorcycle Profiling Project organized a successful campaign blocking law enforcement efforts. Now, he's going to go into the background of uh, the, his argument. Lancaster County Motorcycle Club is a, quote, a family-friendly group using our love of riding motorcycles to help charities and benefits in our community. 
LCMC as a collective have never had any interactions with any law enforcement agency and has references from many facilities that have hosted them or that they participated in events with. Next time, go to a moose lodge. They won't have any problems. They actually have moose riders, the whole nine yards, into the same charity. But with the moose riders, they are in mostly uh, for moose heart uh, raising funds for them. But I bet you'll be more than welcome over at the moose with no problem. Anyway, on August 15, 2019, LCMC signed a rental contract with the Elks Lodge 1933 to hold their annual Halloween party to take place on October 26, uh, 2019. And believe me, these uh, lodges, they do need the income because most of their memberships are dying out. LCMC had hired a band and planned on running a taxi for any entire intoxicated drivers and had a motorcycle trailer on standby as well man they covered every angle rock on with food entertainment and safety measures in place everyone was going uh was going as planned and shaping up to be a successful charity fundraiser that is until the cops decided to get involved i always find them to be busybodies cops you know they just Keep on going. They're like little keystone people from freaking, what is that, Mario Brothers or whatever that was in the old days that game? Anyway, state actor discrimination. On September 23rd, a board member of the Elks Lob informed LCMC that their party was canceled at the behest of Lieutenant Christopher McHim of the police. <laughs> I hate, well, I can't say that. I'm trying to be freaking objective here. Uh, you're also going to see, uh, you know, while we're talking about Leo, you'll see my disdain uh, for some of their actions in a video coming up. And it's one that made national news. It is graphic. It does show the actual shooting of this guy. But that's another story. Uh, let's see here. Acting under the color of state law in an official capacity and who is a member of the Elks Lodge. Oh, there it is. He's a member. Had several conversations with the board member and the president of the lodge advising them not to have the party because of the possible ramifications that could happen from it. The board members of the lodge decided to have a meeting to discuss what they believed was a directive from the local police department. Okay, so they were considering it a directive from the cops because he was a cop. But he was also, it looks like, a member of the Elks Lodge. Lieutenant McKim told the board members that he was tipped off by agencies that were higher than his. Lieutenant McKim falsely claimed that the LCMC had ties to a motorcycle gang and employed a scare tactic of asking the Lodge what they would do in the event that something bad happened. Based on the erroneous and sensationalized misinformation that was presented to them, the Elks Lodge decided to cancel the planned event. Again, the Elk Lodge... They went off this guy who passed this self off as this is was official, and here the guy is a lieutenant, he's a member of the lodge, blah blah blah. So of course they're gonna you know side with their membership, but 
he he should be kicked in the balls for giving push, uh, false information. Then the LCMC pushes back. They were not happy about the slanderous information that was being spread about them. Probably what they were saying was these guys were seen at parties over motorcycle clubs. One of them probably happened to be a one percenter club. Then you know how it happens. They tie in everything and next thing you know everybody's a bad boy. And made the decision to push back the president of LCMC made several phone calls to the president of the Elks Lodge as well as to Lieutenant McKim. Ooh sink in an explanation as to why he would illegally influence a private business under the under the color of the law after several and they did have a contract i was i'm wondering how that contract was written out uh what conditions they put in the whole nine yards so i don't see how they were able to break a contract just right out wouldn't they have to vote for anybody using the event or the lodge for events first and then sign the contract i don't know how the elks work you know i do know uh that most of the moose lodges that's how it happens after several days and multiple attempts unanswered lcmc president contacted the ncoc on september 27th i called lieutenant mckim which is double d and requested an interview initially he stated that he did not have the time and did not know what the questions were going to be in reference to that's funny whenever i had an inter you know that big fight up in uh lamira in wisconsin when i talked to that one uh cop he wanted the questions ahead of time nope not happening uh-uh you're coming on my show, it's home field advantage for me. You don't get to do that. We don't throw softballs. I don't care if you wear a badge or not. I informed him that I would be writing an article about his illegal actions and would like to get quotes and or his side of the story. Once the information was presented, Lieutenant McKim made time and decided to speak with this writer. Here's the backpedal. Lieutenant McKim denied pressuring the Elks Club to uh, or the Elks Lodge to cancel the event. No, he didn't. <laughs> State in that quote, we the <laughs> oh, I didn't do it <laughs> anyway the police just wanted uh, them to be aware of the situation aware of the connection he stated that he had received information from other confidential sources oh man he's taking a page out of the mainstream media now that trouble can arise not that it will arise I wonder if you stated that to the Elks Lodge. He stated that the police department contacts any venue that is holding an event discusses how that would handle the situation, quote, if anything bad happened. When asked whether he or the cops department is against the Elks Lodge hosting the LCMC parties, he responded no at all. I wonder if the members, if anybody, the LCMC had any members of that Elks Lodge within their group. Maybe you want to check the minutes of the meetings on that. I know the Musa takes that stuff of mostly what's said. So you to confirm that or you won't be able to confirm it. While this writer, which is Double D, was informing the LCMC president of the con con conservation or the conversation with the Lieutenant McKim. I got to do my freaking board here man it's dirty the lieutenant 
coincidentally decided to return the president's call. Armed with this new information, LCMC was able to secure an audience with the Elks Lodge board members to discuss the issues of having their party canceled. Now, during the meeting, a majority of the LCMC as well as this writer were present for the meeting with board of the Elk Lodge. Many of uh, many tire, uh, tired and true misconception about motorcycle clubs were brought up in the meeting. One board member, a retired cop, even insinuated that if a certain motorcycle club was not invited, that there was going to be violence. This same board member reaffirmed what was believed when he stated that, quote, we were basically told not to have the party. Armed with statistical data and evidence, as well as compelling personal and collective stories, LCMC was able to convince the board members that having the party would not result in any violence, and that Lieutenant McKim's mischaracterization of them was exactly that. After the meeting, LCMC was informed that all but one board member voted to allow the party to take place as originally planned, how much you want to bet it was the ex-cop that put no. Anyway, on October 22nd, they held their party as planned. Zero incidents of violence, zero complaints from neighbors, and zero involvement from any law enforcement agency. Way to go, guys. And uh, it's another example of what can be accomplished when the motorcycle club community works together for our First Amendment rights. Now, that is the one side of the story, and it involved an Elks Lodge, but we're going to talk about the other side of the story of why a lot of bar owners don't want motorcycle club colors in their bar so to be fair i will present that side of the story using this this came out uh january 21st 2020 by sarah horner out of the twincities.com this article is to give you a feeling and an overview of why a bar owner wouldn't want club colors in their establishment. Two more members, and we followed this story, of a, a biker gang charged an attack of a St. Paul bouncer. Two more Hell's Outcast members have been implicated. Somebody's talking! In what authorities say was a coordinated attack against a bouncer who told members of the biker gang they were not allowed to wear gang colors inside the St. Paul establishment. Now, again, if it's a private establishment, they can tell you they don't want club colors. It's their place. So if they say no, it's no. You want to take them the court over it? Take them the court over it. But most court cases have found on behalf of the bar owners in them type of cases. Anthony Joseph Lito, 38, of St. Paul, and Richard John Mater, 41, of uh, Van Ness Heights, were charged with committing crimes for the benefit of a gang, third-degree assault and riot, according to the criminal complaints filed in Ramsey County District Court. The charges come more than a year after authorities say members of the gang assaulted a bouncer at a saloon bar in the 1000 block of Hudson Road, November 9, 2018. 
The assault was in retaliation for a new rule at the bar that prevented Hell's Outcast members from wearing their gang colors in the bar and getting served, though members of other games could, according to the charges. Again, it's the bar owner's choice. If you don't like the Hell's Outcast in their bar, his bar, it's too bad. Uh, you know, that's, you know, what a lot of people's positions on this side of the argument is going to be. Now, to bring up another one, we just did a story uh, on the last segment about how a Banditos member got shot at an establishment. The cops were there, blah, blah, blah. It's all over the place. And one thing people don't realize is just like in the last story, cops get on these bar owners and apply that pressure. But worse is they use the livelihood of the bar owner against them. Meaning, if they don't do what they say, they're taking that liquor license away. And I've seen that happen time and time again. Besides that, when there's an incident in the bar, you know, think about this next time you're going in a fight. It's the bar owner who's suffering because if anything goes down, you guarantee somebody's going to sue, especially in the sue-happy freaking world, the bar owner. And then they got to get the insurance involved to pay out the claim. And guess what happens at that point? The premiums go up. So... Do I believe in a bar owner's right to make his own rules? Well, yeah, because I was in that position. Yes, I allowed motorcycle club colors in the bar, but that was my choice. Just like, you know, you could put, it's your choice to wear a helmet or not. Let's just use that example. It's the bar owner's choice. Now, getting back to uh, Double D's argument here, uh, let's see here. It's time to fight back on coercion and encourages motorcyclists to organize and fight back. Now, I'm going to present that argument that I hear all the time when it comes to organizing. I get a lot of people, and trust me, I get a lot of people uh, worldwide that voice that why, and this might be an, a question that the National Confederation of Clubs or uh, Motorcycle Profiling Project could answer for them instead of me just putting out, uh, you know, my way of putting out the argument. Let's just say that. Most of the time, they'll come right back at me. I'm talking right back at me and say, why should we support motorcycle clubs? Why should we support somebody that runs shotgun over us, tells us what to do, don't have any respect for our rights? I'm trying to get this one right because I hear this in different ways all the time. So running over their rights and then they expect them to help you. That's a question that a lot of people have. Lots of people. Then you'll have independents come out and say, well, look at all the violence that's happening. Why should we support something like that? Another question that uh, 
needs to be answered. Because I think MPP is right. You know, I talk about it all the time. Go join ABE. Go join the Motorcycle Rights Foundation. Fight for your rights as bikers. You know, I don't know if it's Daytona or what rally it is. They don't even allow, I heard they don't even allow hog members or ABE patches in there. I don't know. I can't speak to that because I haven't seen it firsthand. But your rights as a biker are also affected by what happens to club members because club stuff usually sets the tone for the lifestyle or the scene if you will so what happens to them is eventually going to come down on you so that's important why you want to get in the fight but yes there's good reasons to doubt that kind of stuff in fighting for that i can see that point as well again personally I believe in tradition, but it is 2020, and like I said, it's evolve or die, man. Go the way of the freaking dinosaur. Yeah, should have closed that up in uh, first place before I got on my ramp, but you were able to see uh, what I was talking about. Uh, so that is going to be the main argument from MPP, NCOC. Uh, NCOM, uh, all them stuff is that motorcyclists should uh, band together, fight against uh, all this type of stuff because it's a First Amendment right. Then on the other side of the argument, like I just said, why should people help you if you're running roughshod over them? Uh, what else did they say? Uh, or the violence, stuff like that. And they're also going to bring up, and I guarantee in this segment, uh, probably on MotorcycleMadhouse.com, uh, it's the bar owner who has rights too. So how do you come to an agreement where both sides' rights are recognized? One is making a living and is paying out all the money for premiums and insurance, has the cops all over them probably, you know, besides the subject of motorcycle club colors because they're always coming in like busybodies, man. I hated that, man. You know, we'd be having a good time at the bar next thing you know, they do their freaking walkthroughs, which irritated the crap out of me. And, you know, it actually scared away businesses. But how do we get them rights equal? That's what I'd have to say on that. And that's a good question. Uh, but how do motorcycle... And here's another uh, question. How do motorcycle clubs start winning the support of independents and new riders? You know, I did that poll. And, you know, I said I'd be doing another one. I got to get it all set up. But I like it being where you can't vote twice and all that crap. You can only be voted once. But only 30% of independent bikers support in motorcycle clubs. So how do you, as motorcycle clubs, win over the support that you need in the fight that you're concerned with? Take... The patch case with the Mongols, that's in the, as far as I know, that's in the Ninth Circuit right now in appeals. It's probably going to go up to the Supreme Court because it's a, a case that needs a, an answer to. If the government can take a trademark, doesn't interfere with trademark law, uh, the whole nine yards. So how are you going to bring them people over with? 
how, you know, a lot of people, and you can tell with what's going on in this country, they follow the mainstream media to a T. They believe what these people say. So when there's these people who see the people showing up on programs like ours or the media with violence, how do you calm them down to let them know, hey, not everybody's like that? There has to be an answer, and finally, how do you bring the citizen side to you? So, that's the argument for both sides of the Motorcycle Club Colors and Bars. Don't forget to go over to Motorcycle Profiling Project, especially if you feel like you've been profiled, fill out their survey, all that good stuff. Leave your comments in the comment section. Let me know which side of uh, the argument you support. This is a good one. Don't forget, uh, we have new videos over on Instagram all the time. It's called IGTV. It's like a 5-10 minute little short video that I answer your questions and all that good stuff. Uh, also, Twitter, Harley Liberty com MotorcycleMadhouse.com if you don't listen to us over on YouTube. So with that, I will talk to you guys later. You guys be safe. Be good. Nah, not so good. Do your thing is what I say. Go get some, uh, go see, save the pink taco, man. I know the...